0: welcome to the middle east report special edition i'm john riley each week we'll cover everything from security threats new archaeological discoveries biblical prophecy ministries happening on the ground in the middle east and much more each week i'll encourage you to have passion and excitement to read study and apply god's word in your daily life and one of the best ways to do that is to connect with the places people geography history and culture of what we read in God's Word. It is good to have you here. Remember, you can download a podcast of the show from all of the major podcast platforms out there. I encourage you to follow me that way. When you look at the foreign policy of this current Biden administration and what they have done in the Middle East, it is not a good thing at all. And we're going to be talking about that and a lot of other things with this exclusive interview with Michelle Bachman, a former Minnesota congresswoman. She's also the dean of the Robertson School of Government for Regent University. Michelle loves the Jewish people and the land of Israel. She has been to Israel many, many times. Michelle, thank you for joining us today on the Middle East Report special edition. Can you uh, start us off by just talking about foreign policy in the middle east foreign policy toward israel and how that has changed over the last several years
1: just in our recent history going back to about 2016 we saw a complete reversal in how the united states policy was toward israel Prior to that time, we saw the United States of America come up with the Iran agreement, which was to benefit Israel's sworn enemy, which is Iran. And so we lifted sanctions and we released funds so that Iran which whom everyone in the world knew was creating a nuclear weapon, the Ayatollah wrote a book, within 25 years, we will annihilate Israel. In other words, we're going to drop a bomb, we're, we're killing every Jew in Israel, and it's going to be gone. That is the plan of the Ayatollah of Iran. And while he wrote that book, and while the people were in the streets shouting, death to America, death to Israel, the United States came up with an agreement with Iran that would give them $150 billion. That one $150 billion wasn't used to benefit the life of the people who lived in Iran. It went to benefit and grow terrorism in the region, but also to build up the nuclear weapon program that Iran has. So we had Uh, great adversity from the United States and cursing, quite frankly, on our nation because of the way we were treating Israel from about 2008 to about 2016. And then we had a completely different view from our nation from a, uh, a policy point of view and our nation was to bless. And so our president, Donald Trump, recognized Jerusalem as Israel's eternal capital and moved our embassy there, but also we recognized the Golan Heights, our Israel's. And the numbers of measures were taken, and we saw the United States achieve the highest metric of success we'd ever achieved. Every day it was a new record on Wall Street. We had the highest number of African Americans ever participate in the labor force. Their wages were the highest they'd ever been. Hispanics, they had their highest labor force participation rate and their wages were the highest. The same for women, the same for the young, the same for the disabled. We had fabulous foreign policy. We had fabulous domestic policy. We were on a growth curve. Unfortunately, in the last few years, our administration has also taken a U-turn on blessing Israel. And we've, uh, we've seen the administration appoint people to run our Israel policy and our Middle East policy who are anti-Israel. And so now we're seeing those efforts. We know now that our US State Department has even funded uh, protests in the street against the Israeli government. It's unbelievable. So that's where the United States is at. Do we wonder why the scripture is being proved true, that the United States is under spiritual cursing, because we're cursing the apple of God's eye, the Jewish people and Israel? Foreign policy is impacted by scripture. If you don't know the scripture, you can't be effective at foreign policy. And that's why I, I formerly, when I served in the United States Congress, I sat on the Intelligence Committee. We dealt with terrorism. We dealt with the classified secrets of the nation. And I thanked and praised God that I had a background in knowing the Word of God and knowing the Scripture. And I saw day after day the Scripture proved true before my eyes. And that's why I would appeal to anyone to read the Word, understand the Word, but for those who are teachers of the Word, this is your finest hour. Teach what the Word has to say about Israel, about covenant, about the moment that we're in with prophecy, and what we're to be doing in this moment. And if people haven't given their life to Jesus, they need to give their life to Jesus, but then they need to bring other people to Jesus too. It's the greatest time for witnessing.
0: You know, I love that, Michelle. Whenever we talk about the Middle East, there can be some scary things over there with everything happening in that region of the world. But it's always good to point back to the Word of God. It's always good to point back to the answer. And that, of course, is Jesus. Thank you for, you know, keeping everybody on track with that as we talk about things going on in the Middle East. Anything else you want to say about the Biden administration and their policy there in the Middle East?
1: Well, in the Middle East, the Biden foreign policy is probably the worst we have ever seen, and that was exemplified by the withdrawal of the United States from Afghanistan. People need to remember, when President Trump was president, he had only 2,500 American troops just holding the line. There weren't casualties for a year. No one was killed in Afghanistan. The president was in the process of ending the conflict. So everything was being wound down under Donald Trump. Uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was in charge of that. It was going unbelievably successful. President Biden came in and it was the worst withdrawal in human history. There were 13 American soldiers who were needlessly killed by a suicide bomber. There was an American soldier who had asked, for instance, who for permission to be able to shoot the suicide bomber. He saw him. And the chain of command in the military denied the right of that soldier to kill the suicide bomber. That led to 13 innocent Americans being killed. This is an absolute disaster. And then we saw $85 billion of the finest weapons in the world left in Afghanistan. 85 billion, making Afghanistan overnight uh, the ninth most armed country in the world. Afghanistan today is the second highest seller of illegal weapons in the world today. So terrorism has been advanced because of the terrible policies from the Biden administration. That's just a taste, just a tip. But on foreign policy alone, the president should have resigned in shame and been humiliated. And do you realize that there was never even a review of that disaster, the worst disaster in our history, in our military, there hasn't even been a review. Not one person was even fired or suspended for those actions. All these people should be gone and their heads should be hung in shame.
0: Michelle, something else that's really concerning there in the Middle East has to do with China. China is inserting itself into the Middle East as some kind of uh, peacemaker there in that region of the world. They recently created some kind of peace agreement between Saudi Arabia and also Iran, and I know they're trying to do something with the country of Jordan as well. Can you give us your assessment of what China is doing there in the Middle East?
1: Well, it's true. China came in, but prior to that, during the eight years under Obama, Russia had been out of the Middle East for 25, 30 years. So under Obama, Russia was given a foothold. So we had a a communist superpower that gained a foothold in the Middle East. It's important to remember what Barack Obama allowed. So once that foothold came in from a Russian presence, that made it far easier under Joe Biden for China then to come in because they're working their Belt and Road Initiative. People need to understand China's goal right now is to be the leader of the world and not for a good reason. They're there to be the dominant. They're there to be the dictator of the world. intend to control every life on earth. People need to recognize what happens in China's own country with their own people. People have cell phones, and they're tracked, they're traced, they have QR codes, people can't move without permission of the Chinese government. That's how China treats their own people. Imagine if China is the leader of the world, and how they despise America. America is their number one enemy by their own estimation. We're their enemy because they're why? They're jealous. They want, to, they want to bring down the United States. They want to control and dominate the United States because if they can defeat the United States, they see that they'll likely be able to control the world. So things we've never seen before where China comes in, they have to be laughing their heads off. They never thought they could even have influence and a presence with Saudi Arabia, with Iran, this was unheard of. And now all of a sudden they're the power broker. This is to our shame, to the shame of our Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. The United States, as you see Joe Biden wandering aimlessly on a stage, he can't speak, he can't think, he can't answer questions. That's by design because the message is intended to be sent to the world that the United States is over. We're done, we're weak. We're a weak military power, we're a weak economic power. And unfortunately, under the policies of both Obama and Biden, we've seen that happen. Our strength has eked away. Every day of our life that we've woke up, we woke up knowing that we lived in a country that was both the economic superpower and the military superpower on earth. It's very difficult to say that today. How could that have happened so fast? How could we have gotten so weak that we truly are the weak horse on the stage right now where nations laugh at us, mock us, scorn us, kick dust in our face and say, we're gonna destroy the dollar. Even a country like Argentina is saying, we're no longer going to trade in the US dollar. We're now at a moment of shame, but we're about to enter a world of hurt in the United States if we continue under these same policies. That's why as a nation, we, as a people, what can we do? We've got to cry out to God. We've got to pray. We've got to say, Father, we need to, you to deliver us from our evil rulers. We Please remove our evil rulers. And Lord, we ask you for rulers who love you, who love your word, and who will act in accordance with your word. And God is a righteous judge. So we go directly to his heavenly courts and we appeal to the righteous judge. That's his name. We ask him for justice, not our political leaders. We ask God for justice and to remove the evil doers who are in positions of power today in the United States. States. Because literally, our nation is at stake and people's lives are at stake. We have no idea what it would be like to live under the rulership of communist China. But communist China wants to find out. And they're pretty confident right now that they're going to succeed.
0: Michelle, that's some scary stuff when you think about what China is doing in the Middle East and around the world. But I love how you always point people back to the Word of God and to prayer.
1: Well, we pray in faith, believing. That's what the Bible says. And we know from the, again, throughout the entire Bible, the the power of prayer, it's relationship. It's recognizing that God is God. And so when we understand the Word and saturate ourselves in the Word, the most effective way to see change, the most efficient way to see change, is to pray according to scripture because then we know we're praying in alignment with God's purposes. And God's purposes is the restoration of the Jewish state. We see his character and his attributes when we pray according to his words. And we see the power of prayer sometimes instantaneously. We see the prayers answered sometimes over time. But what we do know is this, bottom line, God will never abandon us and his banner is unfurled over every human, and his banner over us is love. So that gives us joy, peace, confidence. The world might be spinning out of control because it's rejecting God and the ways of God, but we in our own life, we're the ones who have the control over surrendering our lives to God. And then knowing his word, pray according to his word, And he will not mock us or scoff at our prayers. That moves his heart. And we're in the safest spot we could possibly be in.
0: Michelle, we are so thankful for the voice that you have here in this country, a voice of truth that is so desperately needed in our nation at this time. Michelle Bachman is a former Minnesota Congresswoman. She's also the Dean of the Robertson School of Government for Regent University. And you can connect with Michelle. She's got a podcast online and a lot of other ways to connect with Michelle. On the second half of the Middle East Report Special Edition, we are going to go to Jerusalem and talk to Chris Mitchell, who is with CBN News, about something happening on the ground. It's definitely something we need to be praying about. I want to encourage you to download a podcast of this show wherever you get your podcast. Just search for the Middle East Report. Make sure that it says... American Family Association that way you'll know it's the official Middle East report and we'll post that every single week so that you can follow me and keep up to date with what's happening there in Israel we always want to encourage you to read study and apply God's word every single day and one of the best ways to do that is to connect with the places people geography history and culture of what we read in God's word the second half of the show is coming up I'll be right back Whether it's a story about prayer in public schools or battles for biblical truth within our denominations, the American Family News Network is here to tell you what the newsmakers are saying.
2: We are starting to see a rebellion against corporate America's endorsement coddling of the LGBTQ agenda.
0: The American Family News Network is comprised of news anchors and editors that team up to bring you news from a Christian perspective.
2: A TRO for non-legal types out there uh, is basically just an emergency order that would have allowed Liam to go back to school wearing the T-shirt he wants to wear. And again, that T-shirt says there are two genders.
0: Not only can you listen to reports on the radio, but you can also visit AFN.net for coverage of the latest headlines. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis out on the campaign trail was ready with an answer on the meaning of the word woke. American Family News, reporters you can trust. Welcome back to the Middle East Report Special Edition, I'm John Riley. In a time where the world's attention is riveted on events happening in the Middle East and in Israel, CBN Israel is bringing you the news from that explosive region of the world. Chris Mitchell is the Middle East bureau chief for CBN News. He keeps you informed from a biblical and prophetic perspective to the daily news events that shape our world in that region. Chris Mitchell has spent decades in Israel. He lives there, and he reports from Israel every single day. Chris joins us today from the Jerusalem Bureau there in Israel. Chris, we've been hearing a lot about judicial reform in Israel, and this has caused a lot of protest for and against judicial reform. But as Americans, we're having a hard time understanding what's going on in Israel All we can see is some of the political upheaval that's going on there and these massive protests that are taking place there in Israel for and against, and we really don't know what's going on. Can you help us understand what's going on there with this judicial reform in Israel?
2: The reason for the judicial reform is that many years ago, actually a few decades ago, uh, the Supreme Court of Israel began to usurp power to itself, uh, mainly through one of the Supreme Court justices called Aron Barak and began to take on more and more power. Uh, Israel does not have a constitution, so they really don't have the kind of uh, standard that the United States does for justices to weigh in on a particular law or government policy, whether it's constitutional or not. So, because of that, the new government by Benjamin Netanyahu that was sworn in uh, last December began to initiate some judicial reform. However, almost when the government began, uh, massive protests uh, began to spring up in Tel Aviv, some in Jerusalem and different parts of the country, uh, accusing the government of trying to make a dictatorship. Benjamin Netanyahu was a dictator, the end of democracy. It's really not like that, what it is, the legislature is trying to rebalance what had been out of balance for many years. For example, the Supreme court could arbitrarily take any law or government policy and determine that it was either reasonable or unreasonable. And if they decided in their own minds that a, say a law was unreasonable, that they could actually uh, strike it down on that basis now as one of the ministers said in uh, in the current government reasonable is a opinion it's not a legal standard so the recent legislation that was passed was to strike down the ability of the supreme court to use reasonable as a standard to to strike down a law now that legislation passed it passed 64 to 0 only because the opposition chose not to vote on the final reading of the legislation, and it passed. There was a lot of reaction uh, expected. And now, right now, there's sort of a showdown set up because the very legislation that disallows the Supreme Court from using reasonable as a standard is going to be heard by all 15 justices of Israel's Supreme Court. Now, what happens if they think it's unreasonable? Uh, This new reasonable uh, legislation, uh, it's really going to be a sort of a political crisis here in Israel. So in the midst of this, some of these protests have been funded by major powers here in Israel. Some of the money has been coming outside of the country. And as we talked to the head of the uh, committee that was hearing this reasonable legislation uh, told us that... uh, Many of this, uh, the the really the reason for the demonstrations and the protests is not just against judicial reform, but against the government, and they want the government to collapse. Former Prime Minister Ehud Barak, former Prime Minister Ehud Olmert, are part of this um, group that wants to really make the government collapse. In addition to that, John, I would say that uh, as Simcha Rothman, who was the head of this committee, told us. Many leaders in the opposition in the past have also been for judicial reform. They've been for the reasonableness standard to be struck down. So there's a lot going on here, but you should know that uh, there's probably not a civil war happening. I would say that there's deep, deep divisions within Israeli society. It goes... From Ashkenazi to Sephardic Jews, it goes from secular to religious. Uh, it's it is very deep, but I don't think Israel is going to a civil war. There have been reservists uh, voluntarily serve in the uh, in the military that have pledged not to serve, but there's been many more probably to say that they will serve. But a lot of strains inside Israeli society right now. Uh, it's not over. All reason, I believe, for people around the world to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem, praying for reconciliation between many Israelis and uh, the Jewish people here in the land of Israel. It is a very severe crisis, and I think people um, will pray for this uh, country. Uh, I believe it's going to survive this challenge as, as well as it has many others. And let me add just this one thing, John. We were up on the northern border the other day. There was a lot of tension between Israel and Hezbollah, Uh, the Islamist proxy group funded and supported and formed by Iran. So while uh, Israel is going through this internal tension, uh, its enemies sense weakness, and it's emboldening its enemies. So very important and vulnerable time for the state of Israel right now. Chris,
0: that is so informative to know what's going on there in Israel regarding the judicial reform that we're hearing so much about, and of course, your encouragement for everybody who's listening right now to pray for Israel, especially during these difficult days that Israel is facing there in the country. I want to encourage those of you who are listening right now to please pray for Israel, pray for the Jewish people, and Chris laid it out for us there just moments ago, and Chris, you mentioned the Israeli Defense Forces, the reserves, not serving because of the judicial reform. At least
2: some of them. How is that being perceived there on the ground from most Israelis? For some people, it's a red line, John. That usually the IDF and the military has been kept out of politics, and the IDF has been much uh, right in the middle of this sort of unprecedented. Uh, a lot of people are alarmed and concerned the fact that uh, some reservists would actually refuse to serve. Now, it's not necessarily active duty personnel, but uh, in the Israeli military, especially pilots, they voluntarily come and train on a regular basis. And some of them are saying, we're not going to come on a voluntary basis. Uh, It has, as even the IDF chief admits, Disturb some of the cohesion within the military. And yet, as I mentioned, on the other hand, there are many other reservists, tens of thousands, who said, regardless of what's going on within the political system right now, we will serve the country, it's our duty, we need to protect the Jewish state, regardless of what's going on internally.
0: I want to encourage you to connect with CBN Israel. It's easy to do. Go to JerusalemDateline.com. That's JerusalemDateline.com. From there, you can launch out to a lot of the other information that they have on Israel. Jerusalem Dateline is a show that you can watch every single week that will keep you informed directly from Jerusalem, directly from the land of Israel, of what's happening there in Israel from a biblical and prophetic perspective. So please check that out. And I will tell you, Chris, that you and your team do an amazing job with uh, the Jerusalem Dateline that you produce every single week.
2: Well, John, actually, uh, since we talked, uh, we're actually doing two shows a week. It's on Tuesdays and Fridays. People can go to JerusalemDateline.com. They can find it pretty easily there. Uh, You can also see our stories, uh, what we do in addition to that on CBNNews.com and sometimes on the 700 Club It's uh, it's a real privilege to be reporting what's happening here in the land. We try to be like the sons and daughters of Issachar, John, to uh, understand the times, know what Israel should do, and we try to help people understand what's happening in the land of Israel and the Middle East.
0: Chris, you and your team do an excellent job of keeping all of us informed of what's happening there in Israel on the ground from a biblical and prophetic perspective. You mentioned prayer a few minutes ago. Anything else you want to say about how we should be praying for the Jewish people for the land of Israel?
2: Psalm 122, verse 6, I guess a lot of people refer to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There's also a prayer in Psalm 133, verse 1, when it talks about when brothers to dwell together in unity. Since it's so divisive right now, I think that's a great prayer, that uh, pray that brothers would dwell together in unity. Uh, the Psalms describe it like the oil running down the beard of Aaron. And uh, so that's that would be a good prayer to pray. And uh, as Paul said in Timothy, pray for those that are in leadership, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life.
0: Chris, thank you for joining us today on the Middle East Report Special Edition. And I want to encourage you to connect with Chris and his team there in Israel. You can do that by visiting JerusalemDateline.com. That's JerusalemDateline.com. From that page, you can launch off to a lot of the other news that they put out from the land of Israel. So please check that out. JerusalemDateline.com And I hope you'll watch that program It's now airing twice a week They do an excellent job JerusalemDateline.com Thank you for listening To the Middle East Report Special Edition I want to encourage you To download a podcast of this show And tell your friends About the Middle East Report Special Edition You can get a podcast of the show wherever you get your podcasts on whatever platform you use. And you can also go to AFR.net, click on the podcast tab, and then you'll see the Middle East Report and you can download it that way as well. Thank you for listening. And I just want to remind you to read, study, and apply God's word in your daily life. And one of the best ways to do that is to connect with the places, people, geography, history, and culture of what we read in God's Word. And that's what we're trying to do here with the Middle East Report Special Edition on American Family Radio. I'm John Riley. Thank you for listening.